0: There's a time in every man's life where he has a breaking point. A time where mentally, you just can't take it anymore. Something snaps inside your soul. For me, that time comes when I step into my opium den later that night and see my prize hookah busted to shit. When I see it shattered in the middle of the room, I really lose it. I fall to the ground, holding its remains. It truly feels as if I've just lost yet another family member. Maybe even a little worse. My voice starts to shake, but I manage to get out the words. Who did this? Marshals and Mayo Van Buren. One of my prize Asian whores answers. Does anyone have anything to get high with? All my opium fields got burned down. Samantha's old creepy uncle hobbles forward. His pube beard that he glued to his face is somehow still mostly intact. He hikes up his robe, revealing a wooden leg. Without hesitation, he rips off the leg and unscrews the back of it by the ankle. A hush of silence falls over the room, and when a strand of hair falls off his face, you can hear that pube drop. He opens up a secret compartment inside the leg, revealing an old opium pipe stashed away as if it were a rare violin inside a case. It has a long porcelain stem with floral and bird motifs hand-painted on it. Every Asian man bows. Daniel removes his hat. Samantha kneels down. Every whore in the room disrobes and gets on all fours. To say this pipe is simply beautiful does not do it justice. No. No. This pipe is majestic. It is the most perfect thing I have ever held in my hands besides my own dick. Holding something like this truly happens only once in a lifetime. He puts the pipe in my mouth and forcefully strikes his wooden leg on the floor, creating a small flame with his peg leg. Wood on wood. Old school shits. He lights my bowl with the wooden toe section, and I inhale the purest, cleanest hit of lacmera papaveras ever imaginable. Yeah, this shit is so good I have to say it in Latin. Right as I'm about to exhale, the front doors suddenly fly open. I quick-draw my guns and turn to see Ron, now ghastly pale and shivering. He's standing there with his toupee half-heartedly glued back onto his head and blood covering the front of his jeans where his crotch is. I noticed him clutching a piece of paper in his hand. Jesus, Ron. I told Sheila to put a tourniquet on that thing.
1: I cut it so back on. Doc says I will never achieve a full erection, but I might be able to get it to
0: go from 6 to 8.45 someday. He says with hope. That's great, Ron. What the fuck do you want? Kind of in the middle of something here.
1: I got a telegram that's supposed to go to Mayor Van Buren. It's from the U.S. Marshals' office. They're sending a hundred marshals here to get you tonight dead or alive. Why are you telling me this? I feel bad for being a gimp all these years. You did what any real man would do in the situations I left your wife and kids in repeatedly. And I just want to say I'm sorry.
0: Ron folds his hands and looks down at the floor, still not wanting to make direct eye contact with me. And I'm sorry for blasting your dick off. That was a level I was not expecting to go to, but it happens. I sincerely do hope those stitches take and you're able to get it to 8.45 again one day. Now get the hell out of here and take care of my kid who looks exactly like me, will you? I finally smile at Ron for the first time ever. I will. And don't go let him come looking for me one day. Okay. He says as he forces a smile and limps out. The entire room stares at me in silence as I finally exhale that hit I took before Ron came in. As I look at all those Asian faces staring back at me, everything becomes so clear. My rage quiets within and I am able to control it. In this moment of clarity, I realize that these beautiful people have been through enough. My war should not become their war. Samantha, take your people and get out of town. I don't want to put you and your family at further risk. Samantha looks at me touched. No, boss. I battle with you. We've been through too much together. You're the reason I have teeth. I know. But you need to get the rest of your family out of here safely. Daniel will take you. Daniel throws his hands up.
1: What? Dad, no way. I'm staying here with you.
0: Daniel... You've almost died twice. You're the only one I have left. I'm not going to lose you for what I think will be a third time. I can't take that again.
1: But Dad, that's too many marshals for you to take on. You need me.
0: What I need is for you to take Samantha and his family out of here. Head as far east as you possibly can. I'll find you guys. Daniel hangs his head before muttering, Okay. His eyes well up, and I motion him over and hug him. Just as we break the embrace, I say to him forcefully, You have to go, right now. He nods, knowing that it's for the best. I walk them out and help Sam squeeze his 30 remaining family members into the back of a small covered wagon. He pulls down the cover and attempts a smile, knowing this is it. Our friendship is at another crossroads. We shake hands as he climbs up front with Daniel. There's still room in the wagon, he says. I shake my head as I look inside and see Sam's relatives piled on top of each other three deep. No, I have to stay and fight or else they'll be chasing me forever. Plus, this looks really uncomfortable. Okay. By the way, there's a cellar door underneath the floorboards. It will buy you more time if they burn the place down, Sam says then what uh then they'll probably shoot you after that but it's better than burning to death no offense daniel daniel lights a cigarette off his own skin
1: none taken asshole
0: thanks i'll see you guys soon i hope he whips the reins on a horse that is definitely not mine i love my family and friends but no one is taking my fucking steed Daniel smiles and waves goodbye with a hand-sewn queef-mitten now on his hand. <laughs> that SOB bang one of on my horse? Awesome, I think to myself. What a championship exit. God damn it, I love that kid. When I walk back inside, I notice the front door is slightly cracked open. I draw my pistols and slowly approach the front of the opium den. I hear a floorboard creak as I peer out from behind a large wooden beam. The coast seems clear. So I walk out to the center of the den, when out of nowhere, a marshal jumps down off a beam in the ceiling and shoots me in the shoulder. I fall to the ground hard.
1: St. James Street, James. You're wanted for murder. You killed my...
0: Before he can finish his sentence, I roll on my back and unload both my pistols into his body. He falls to the floor, gasping for breath. I slowly get up and walk over to his sprawled out, bleeding body. Up close, I realize it's not a marshal at all. It's the fucking gypsy woman. Her eyes widen as she says,
1: You killed my pussy.
0: Why did you do this to me?
1: This is how it's supposed to end. Find another man for me.
0: And with that last and final statement, she passes still staring straight at me like a fucking psychopath. I kick her in the ribs to make sure she's really fucking dead. She's gone for good, but I can't have her staring at me like this. I try to close her eyes by hand, but they still won't go down. Digging into my pockets, I pull out a couple loose nickels and place them over her eyelids. It does no good. They pop right back open. Finally, I just roll her over onto her stomach so she's face down. I rip down a silk curtain outside the rice wine room and wrap it around the flesh hole in my shoulder. My steed neighs loudly out front and I suddenly hear the sounds of hooves sprinting outside approaching the den. I quickly run out the front door to let him in before slamming it shut. Through the window I can see a hundred marshals pull up on horseback. Some of them are holding torches, others shotguns, and one of them even has two rakeheads tied to his arms with yarn. I'm at a loss for that last dude. Mayor Van Buren walks out and stands next to them with a huge smile on his face. Uh, uh, St. James Street, James, we got
2: a warrant for your arrest. You can either come out peacefully or we can burn the place down. It's up to you. Let me think it over. You're lucky we're even giving you the option. Your wife and kids didn't
0: even know it was coming. <laughs> I'm going to kill you in the most fucked up way I can possibly think of, Van Buren. I grab the body of the gypsy and pull her cowboy hat down over her face, dragging her over to the front door. With my leg, I pull the door open and use my free arm to put my gun to her head. Every single marshal has their guns trained at me. The one dude with the rake heads tied to his arms just spins in a circle, further confusing me. You burn this place down? I kill this marshal first, you understand me? The gypsy's creepy eyes are still open as I cock the gun. The marshals hold their fire, trying to figure out who it is. Satisfied that I've given them just enough of a glance to keep them at bay, I quickly walk back in and slam the door behind me. Mayor Van Buren huddles up with a couple of the marshals and they have a small conference. After a few moments, he shakes his head and looks back toward me. Uh, all right. What do you want for the marshal, St. James? I want to see my son one last time. Dig him up and bring him here. Mayor Van Buren and the rest of the marshals laugh. (laughs) Which one? The one your boy's dipped in gold. Totally fucking Mexico. You bring him here and I'll come out peacefully. I want to see my boy. Mayor Van Buren takes a moment and confers with the marshals. They all nod their head in unison. Uh, you got a deal. Deal, I say as I quickly pull the silk curtain shut to cover the window. I know goddamn well they won't be able to lift him and it will buy me some time. Unless they figure out that the gypsy isn't one of theirs. I walk to the back of the den to cover those windows as well, and I see that there are a few marshals in the alley. Maybe ten or so. I make a blowjob motion toward them before slamming the curtain shut. Knowing that my time is fleeting, I drop down to the floor on all fours and start tossing the throw pillows, searching for the mystery door. I slide my hands across the floor a few minutes before finally stumbling upon something. Cautiously, I place my hand over the door, examining it. I lean down and hear whispering coming from below, so I put my ear on top of the door. It sounds like people laughing. Maybe Samantha forgot some of his relatives. As I pull open the cellar door and walk down a creaky set of stairs, a hush falls over the room. There's barely any light except for the tiny flames underneath a small cauldron that's lit in the middle of the basements. When I hit the last stair, I see about 15 Native Americans standing there in loincloths, aiming bows and arrows at me. A large white buffalo is laying on the ground next to them. I hold up my hands and squint, trying to make out their faces. Stop right there, white man, an Indian voice says. I don't mean to bother you. I own the whorehouse upstairs, I say as I make a jack-off gesture.
2: Shit, St. James, we almost scalped your ass. Put the bows and arrows down, boys.
0: The other Indians oblige and put down their bows and arrows. It's Manuel. Thank Christ. We embrace in a long hug. I can't tell you how relieved I am to see this motherfucker right now. Look who's pretending to be Indian, you son of a bitch. By the way, you look terrible in a (laughs) loincloth. Fuck you, he says as he laughs. No lie, he really does look awful in a loincloth. He's super soft and out of shape, not like the ripped Indians you see in the old black and white drawings in school books. Realizing his new dong is pressed against my leg, I break out into a weird Indian handshake that I don't
2: know. What's up with the white buffalo? Oh, it has pigment disease. Don't worry, there's not like a hidden Indian meaning to it or anything. As the smoke starts to clear, I can see the eldest
0: Indian stirring something in the cauldron with an old wooden bodor. What the fuck are you guys doing down here?
2: Samantha lets us hide out in here and make ayahuasca during the day. The marshals went all the Indians dead in this area, or moved, as white people conveniently call it. We can only go out in a group at night when it's dark enough that we can pass for Mexicans.
0: Still playing that Mexican card, huh? Well, if it's any consolation, they want me dead right now, too. There's a hundred of them outside surrounding the place.
2: Wait! You have a hundred marshals out there waiting for you? Like, right now?
0: Yeah. I even got a fake hostage upstairs which will probably buy me another hour or so. That is, until they figure out it's not really one of them and they burn this place to the ground.
2: You wanna pour me a bowl of that shit? Asshole. That means we can't get out of here either. If they set this place on fire, we burn with you. Yeah, that seems to be the sitch. Can you pour me a bowl? I hate saying things twice. God damn it, St. James. This is some serious shit. Manny
0: shakes his head and picks up a hollowed-out armadillo shell. He dips it inside the cauldron and hands me a bowl of ayahuasca tea as I join the circle with the rest of the Indians. We all look at one another and drink in unison. As soon as the bitter tea hits my throat, I can feel it slowly racing through my veins. The Indians feel it as well and stare at each other intensely. I look over at Manuel, who pours a shellful into the buffalo's mouth. Is that thing going to be cool on that? I ask. Are we? He retorts as both of us laugh. This special bond between a white man and a magical Indian is interrupted by a marshal
2: screaming outside. St. James! We got your boy! You have two minutes to come out with your hands up, but we burn the place down!
0: What the fuck? This can't be. It's only been like an hour or so. I run up the stairs and peek out the curtain. The marshal's pry open a coffin and begin to pull the top of his gold statue out, trying to stand it upright. Shit, man. These marshals are playing for keeps. I walk back down the stairs and salute everyone farewell. This is the end of the line, boys. I appreciate your hospitality. No, says the eldest Indian stirring the cauldron. Everyone turns and looks at him.
2: I am the acting chief of this tribe, and if you burn, we
0: burn with you. He holds up his hand and sticks it into the flames underneath the cauldron, palm side down. That motherfucker never breaks eye contact with me as his skin melts. I'm not going to do that shit, but it was awesome to see someone else do it. With the smell of burning flesh resonating through the air, he smiles and says, Are you ready to fly with the sea of wingless birds? Without hesitation or knowing what the fuck he's talking about, I reply, I am. He closes his eyes and begins chanting in a deep, low, resonating voice. The other Indians close their eyes and join in as well. The old chief then pulls out a battered wooden box from behind him. He carefully lifts the top, revealing 20 live rattlesnakes. He motions for me to grab a snake with my bare hands. I'm so fucking high on ayahuasca that I don't even flinch as I stick my hand in.
2: Now, slowly apply pressure. Pressure. To the neck of the snake with four fingers and ease your thumb upward. When he exposes his fangs, squeeze your thumb down on his head, closing his mouth gently. I do exactly as told. The
0: rattlesnake shakes his tail wildly as milky white venom begins to slowly seep from his mouth. Holy shit, this is intense.
2: I want each of you to turn to the man next to you and draw a spirit animal on each other's face in rattlesnake venom,
0: the chief says in a stern voice. Manuel turns to me and I close my eyes. He begins rubbing the closed mouth of the rattlesnake against my face in a controlled manner. I can feel the warm venom slowly sinking into my cheeks. It burns like a motherfucker with the intensity that makes you want to kill someone. When he finishes, I open my eyes and do the same to him. The old chief smiles and says,
2: On the count of three, I want you to tell the other person what you drew. One, two, three.
0: A bald eagle, Manuel and I say in unison. The chief nods and says,
2: You are ready. Let's go kill some white people.
0: Suddenly, we hear the sounds of Goldschlager bottles crashing through the windows of my opium den, followed by the unmistakable smell of smoke. The den immediately goes up in flames. I hear my steed upstairs neighing loudly, and I know it's go time. The old chief takes our rattlesnakes and puts them back in the box. With my face burning, I instinctively take my shirt off to become one of the Indians. One by one, we head up the stairs as the flames grow higher. I hop up on my steed and look down at Manuel, who is now riding the white buffalo up from the cellar. The Indians fall in behind him, pulling out hatchets attached to their calves. They give the go-ahead signal to Manuel, who slaps the buffalo hard on the ass. It takes off like a rocket, crashing through the front door and out into the street. The marshals are paralyzed with fear as it knocks a few of them down off their horses. That guy with the rakes tied to his arms tries to spin into the animal, swinging at it wildly. Obviously, the buffalo tramples him to death in brutal fashion. That really is the first guy I wanted to see die just because of his own stupidity. In a state of bewilderment, the other marshals pivot hard on their horses in mass confusion, unable to get a clean shot off at him. An albino buffalo sighting is a rarity anyway, let alone one busting out of a fake hostage situation after you set an opium den on fire. I whip the reins of my steed, and he takes off running through the whorehouse at full speed, shattering the window out onto Main Street. The Indians immediately sprint out behind us and start throwing hatchets at the marshals. There's so much chaos going on that the marshals fumble with their weapons, not knowing where to shoot. I draw my guns and start blasting the shit out of people. One by one, the marshals begin to hit the ground, splattered in blood, dead as fuck. Amidst the confusion, I hear a loud war cry from the roof where I see the old chief standing. He throws the wooden box full of rattlesnakes high into the air toward the marshals the snakes spill out everywhere when the box crashes to the ground, spooking the marshal's horses, causing them to buck them off. Some of their horses fall on top of them on the ground, crushing their legs. The rest of the Indians pounce and begin scalping them one by one. Blood flies everywhere. It's graphic as shit, even more so when you're on drugs. Indians don't give a fuck either. Real talk? They would have killed all of us white men if it weren't for the invention of muskets. Muskets changed the game. We had them and they didn't, simple as that. Watching them kill right now, I realize and appreciate how hardcore these motherfuckers are. Plus, the ayahuasca heightens your awareness and you're really able to hone in and take souls. I can't recommend it enough when you're in a kill or be killed situation. With the sounds of horses approaching from behind, I spin my steed around in their direction. The marshals who were stationed out back suddenly come flying around the corner on horses with their guns drawn, aimed square at me. I fire my pistols, but they're out of bullets. As I quickly try and reload, I realize it's too late. They have the drop on me. All ten marshals smile. Goodbye, St. James Street James, one of them says.
1: I'm about to go totally fucking Mexico.
0: Voice screams out. The marshals turn toward the voice, where the statue of totally fucking Mexico has come to life. But it's not him. It's Daniel, who has painted himself gold. The realism is frightening, and Daniel exploits the stunned marshals, who hesitates to fire. He pulls out his pistols and begins shooting at the marshals as he runs out in front of me. I scream out to him, Daniel, no! He manages to take out four or five marshals before they regain their senses. All at once, they fire in unison, peppering him with hot lead. After he's hit with what seems like more than a hundred rounds, I see massive amounts of blood pouring out of his body. With the few bullets I was able to jam into my guns, I'm able to kill the remaining marshals. I quickly dismount my steed and run over to Daniel as his near lifeless body falls to the ground. Daniel, why did you do this? I
1: just wanted to prove myself to you, Dad.
0: You've proven yourself like three times, more than any father could ask of his son. Also, that paint job is unfucking believable. You look just like him. He would be proud.
1: Thanks, Dad.
0: Out of curiosity, how did you know to run home and do this? I'm a
1: street, James. We think alike.
0: He says as he tries to smile and violently coughs up blood. <coughs> <laughs> it probably isn't the time, but this is the last thing I would have thought to do.
1: Yeah, but you probably wouldn't have thought about doing this this either.
0: He reaches into his pocket and pulls out the queef mitten, wrapping it around my hands. I smile and begin to well up.
1: I think I see Ma.
0: Run to her, Daniel. I say, realizing there's nothing I can do. He's bleeding too much and he's about to die. As a father, I comfort him as much as I can. As he nods his head gently and closes his eyes, I hold him in my arms and look up toward the sky as the Indians pounce on the dead marshals and scalp the shit out of him. When they finish, the Indians walk over and rub their fingers in Daniel's blood and wipe them underneath their eyes out of respect for this fallen warrior. As I sit there with his head in my lap, I hear a set of saloon doors swing open behind me from across the street. Before I can turn to see who it is, I'm shot in the other shoulder. What are the fucking chances? I look back and see Mayor Van Buren firing a small derringer at me like a fucking woman. Glancing down at my shoulder, I'm more pissed off than anything. Of course this little motherfucker has a derringer. With fear in his voice, he screams out at me.
2: Uh, uh, Uh-uh. oh, fuck you, St. James. I'll kill you like I did the rest of your family.
0: He empties the last two shots of his tiny little gun at me, missing wildly. Running like a scorned woman, he jumps on his horse and rides off. When I stand up and cock my pistols, taking aim at him, a hand reaches over and grabs my arm firmly. It's old man's strength. I don't even have to look over to know that it's the chief. Completely covered in Marshall's blood from neck to nuts, he looks me directly in the eyes and says...
2: No gun. When a man takes another man's entire family, that man needs to feel his life being taken from him by the hands of the man he is taken from.
0: Thank you, wise chief. The word man was used a lot in that last sentence, but I understood it. He gives me two small hatchets, and in return, I hand him my guns.
2: Trust your instincts. And the spirit world will guide you into a cloud through time and space, which will in turn lead you to the other world, where you will meet a man with no face who cannot eat. I
0: hate to cut you off, but the mayor is getting away, and I have no idea what the fuck you're saying right now. I should go. The old chief smiles.
2: Forgive me. The ayahuasca has just taken a hold of me. I have said too much weird shit. The fact that it's now just kicking
0: in is amazing. I'm astonished at the chief's tolerance for hallucinogens. He takes my hands and squeezes them around the hatchets before circling the dead marshals, chanting. I tuck the hatchets in the back of my jeans and ride off on my steed like never before. It feels like I'm riding on Pegasus as I trail the mare along the river. The moon is now out and full as fuck, no doubt having my back. I'm able to see this chubby little coward's shadow perfectly bouncing up and down on his horse along the edge of the water. I look up at the big guy who winks at me again, and I swear to God the moon Mouse the words, Fuck that
2: dude up!
0: You bet your ass, moon. With my horse now at top speed, I'm just a few links from him. Bearing down hard, I'm finally able to get close to him. I leap from my steed, knocking the mare off his horse in midair, just as we hit the edge of a cliff and plunge over a waterfall. Somehow, I'm able to grab him around the neck as we flail through the air. I put him firmly in a chokehold and punch him in the face with my other arm as we descend. Directly in front of me, I see my steed kicking the mare's horse in the face on the way down as well. The four of us plunge into the water forty feet below with unspeakable force. I rise out of the water like a great white, sensing a kill. My steed pops up and swims over to land, shaking off the jump like a fucking boss. Down the river fifty yards or so, I see Van Buren's horse floating face down, dead. The current washes the massive body downstream, but the mayor is nowhere in sight. I dive back down underwater and I'm able to spot him with the bright light of the moon. Miraculously, he's still alive. His suit jacket is caught on a rock. He flails his arms and legs, struggling for breath. I'm gonna go ahead and answer your question. Fuck no, I'm not going to let him drown because he deserves worse. He deserves to see my eyes as I kill him, maybe even my dick. Relax, it's not gay. It's just a show of one male being superior to and dominant over another male. Grabbing the back of his collar, I drag him out of the water and onto shore. As he gasps for breath on land, I pick him up and chokeslam that motherfucker to the ground. He vomits out all of the water in his lungs. Studying my prey, I slowly circle him and pull both hatchets out of the back of my jeans. His eyes widen in terror as I begin to unzip my pants. I just told you I was going to do that, so why the fuck are you shocked? As I pull off my jeans, he tries to squirm away, grabbing at reeds of grass. Now butt-ass naked, I kick him in the ribs and he rolls over weeping a lot like Ron used to.
2: Please don't kill me! Please don't kill me! Why the hell are you naked?
0: Because I want you to know that a man killed you. A real man, not some fucking pussy who burned down someone's house and killed their entire family while they were helpless. This is how a real man kills another man when he wants to take him out of this world. Leaping on top of him, I pin his arms down with my knees, letting my entire dick and balls hang inches from his face. With a mighty force, I swing down hard with both my hatchets, chopping off each of his hands simultaneously. He screams in agony. I pick up his right hand off the ground and stuff it in his own mouth, muffling his cries. We lock eyes and I turn him over on his stomach, pulling down his trousers as he tries to scream. I think about raping him, but after what he did to my family, I need to go further. This time I want to do something so fucked up that it will fuck up whoever finds him as well Knowing that this dead man did something horrific to deserve this That's when I make the decision to reach over and pick up his bloody chopped off left hands And jam it up his own ass His eyes almost pop out of his head as he waves his bloody stumps around in violent protest while kicking his legs wildly I can hear the crunching of his own bones echoing throughout the land as he bites down on the hand in his mouth. He tries to move, but he can't do shit. Unable to do anything but sit there with his whole goddamn hand up his own ass. Fuck him! When I finally decide he has had enough and it is time to end his life, I take a hard seat down on his back. I pull his head close to me and look up at the moon for approval to scalp him. The moon nods and gives me the final go-ahead. I take a deep breath and roar like the old chief as I place my hatchet to his scalp. When my blade pierces through the top of his brain, ending his life, I hear the screams of a thousand wolves howling with delight. A bald eagle flies down and lands in front of me. We make eye contact as the Indian spirit courses through my veins. I have become one of them. Satisfied with my kill, I stand up and slap Van Buren's scalp against my dong before casually tossing it into the river, further asserting my manhood and dominance. After a full ten minutes of staring at my fully flexed physique reflecting off the water, I finally walk over to my steed and ride off butt-ass naked into the moonlight. I don't know where I'm going next, and I don't fucking care. In this moment, I feel a sense of peace, knowing that the only two things I need in this cold, dark world are between my legs. My steed... my dick and balls. Congratulations. Oh, were you hoping I was going to kill myself now? Like I said, I've lived a long life, so that might take a while. In the meantime, go stare at yourself in the mirror and dream about being me until the next one comes out.